if the Lord tarries, will our church still stand on biblical truth in 50 years? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that we still be meeting on Sunday. I don't care if First Baptist Church is still meeting on Sunday. What I care is that they're meeting on Sunday and still holding to the truths of God's Word. Right. How do we pass on the doctrinal DNA in these core areas so that when the next generation comes up and they're leading churches and they're pastoring churches? I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. Now, the Living Faith Fellowship hosts several annual conferences every year that are intended to affirm our identity as a network of peer churches and encourage the members of those churches represented. So the the goal is to edify and to focus the individuals in our churches on God's objectives from Scripture. And so one of those conferences is called Mission Focus, and it's a conference that's committed to establishing a biblical view of church planting and foreign missions, and that's here in Kansas City. The Discipleship Conference promotes a biblical philosophy and methodology of teaching and training, and that's hosted in Georgia, uh, Cartersville, to be precise. The Certainty Conference is a conference that's devoted to defending traditional biblical doctrine and advancing a faith-based view of the scriptures. And this conference is hosted by First Baptist Church of New Philadelphia, Ohio, and will be happening this year, uh, 2023, on October 1st through the 4th. Today, I have invited Pastor Troy Stogsdill, pastor of FBC and host of the Certainty Conference, uh, to chat with us about this year's topic. And so with that, I want to welcome Troy to the show, man. It's good to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We've had you on the show before. We had you to talk about Certainty Conference last year. You guys have been doing this Certainty Conference for quite some time now. Um, how many years yeah. has it been? The first one was 2015. So okay. this will be the, you know, the ninth year. Okay. And, and so maybe run through some of the topics that you guys have, have done in the past, issues that you've addressed, and then maybe just explain why uh, the, the conference has been so important to our fellowship. Mm-hmm. Every year we've tried to select a doctrine that we really want to put you know, our stamp on as a fellowship to, to, to be clear about where we stand on these major doctrines, some of which are um, you know, controversial in the broader church world um, and you know, areas that not everybody sees exactly like us. So we kicked it off 2015. Uh, we addressed Calvinism and Reformed theology. And so just a a biblical view and doctrine of soteriology. Uh, We moved from there to uh, dispensationalism um, to to discuss, um, you know, a a literal interpretation of Scripture through through dispensations and and the way God dispenses grace through time. Uh, We've looked at eschatology or prophecy just in times to took a a year to, to focus on on that from, you know, rapture through eternity and, and how things line up and tribulation, second coming, millennium, those sorts of things. We took a year to, to focus on the preservation of scripture, you know, specifically um, our, our position uh, as, as King James only 
believers mm-hmm. and and why that's important and why we believe it and and um, we so we, we did a year of that we did a year on on the local church the importance of the local church God's vehicle uh, for today's age and you know again for for that same reason to you know not that you know not that parachurch organizations are necessarily bad many of which are but 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 that's not the vehicle that God uses to yeah. get his mission to the world it is the local church and and that involves you know we'll talk about some of that today where we're at this year the training and, and sending brings us kind of to 2020 2020 was was the covid year and so we, we just took a different approach and and really just as as pastors in those pastor sessions those morning sessions we we, we had pastors only sessions that year just sort of to talk about the urgency of the moment and kind of what mm-hmm. we were all dealing with and and um, uh, just had some good preaching on on you know God's deliverance and you know why we don't need to be fearful uh, mm-hmm. in the evenings and those sorts of things we we looked then at the ministry of the Holy Spirit um, and so we looked at the gifting of the Holy Spirit the fruit of the Spirit uh, kind of everything related to uh, the ministry and doctrine of the Holy Spirit and then la- last year. Uh, we focused on worship and, and to de- biblically define worship. It, that's a mm-hmm. it's a term that's thrown around a lot um, and and not always um, biblically defined. And so so we tried to do that last last year. So that's kind of where we've been from 2015 up to today. And again, just you know, really focusing on key areas that 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 we believe not only our churches but. Um, certainly the members of our churches need to have an understanding of, of, mm-hmm. of where, what the Bible says about those things. Yeah. And so in, in terms of the living faith fellowship, um, you know, we, uh, those of us who consider us, a, a, consider ourselves a part of the fellowship, um, agree, uh, on a set core systematic theology. And we kind of are agreed uh, on, on a lot of matters. Um, but all of us are very different. Um, we're ch- big churches, small churches, urban churches, rural churches uh, across um, America and, and even across the world. There, there are Living Faith Fellowship churches all over the world now uh, that consider themselves a part of, of what we're doing. And so the Certainty Conference has kind of functioned as a doctrinal rally cry where we come together mm-hmm. and we just remind ourselves of the things that unify us, uh, the things that we really need to be considerate of because we all require accountability. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think I think all of us recognize that as individuals, uh, we need people to hold us accountable to stick to the stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But as churches, we need uh, other churches and other pastors holding us accountable to stick to the stuff and to the things that we we say we believe in. And so that's why I think the Certainty Conference has been so precious and important to our fellowship overall, because it reminds us of what we're agreed on. And I think that yeah. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. You know, I think if you, if you place yourself on an island, um, it's so easy to, to slip on some of that, those, those key doctrines or, you know, key beliefs, key biblical mm-hmm. uh, positions over time without even realizing it, you know, the, our enemy subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this year's conference is going to be a little unique um, it is. in that it's not going to focus specifically on a doctrine, but maybe the best way to say it is gonna, it's going to focus on all the doctrines <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and why yeah. they're important, they're important to us. And so maybe describe what this year's conference is about, give us the title and then, and then walk us through, um, you know, why you selected it and, and what you think uh, it should be focused on. 
Sure. Yeah. So this year's theme um, is the next generation. So that's, yeah, that's, that's different. Um, you know, we've obviously, you know, as I laid out, we've picked out sort of a specific doctrinal position that we want to outline. And, and, um, this is, is not that I, I struggled just, just honestly, you know, through the first part of this year, really trying to land on what certainty conference would be. It's, you know, I, I, you know, I, I joke with, with our guys and it's like, you guys have the easy job, like missions conference. Well, we kind of know what the topic's going to be, you know, discipleship mm-hmm. conference. We kind of know what the topic's going to be, but a Bible right. conference, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And, and, um, and so, so I struggled, but, but God kept bringing me back to where we've been as a church with FBC, where my heart has been certainly this year and, and even into last year, um, on just really the, the, the training, the development, um, the sending, of the next generation of believers and why that's so important, not only for, for, for the next generation to, to be able to input the doctrinal DNA that we have established. So if if we say, you know, the last seven, eight years, whatever it's been of certainty conference, and, you know, obviously the churches have however long, you know, they've been around and establishing core doctrines uh, for, for that uh, individual church. How do we pass on the the doctrinal DNA in these core areas so that when the next generation comes up and they're leading churches and they're pastoring churches? So it's not only so. So we talk about sending and and, and that's a key part of it. But it's not only that, because if if we're going to send out guys that won't stand on things that we stand on or that the Bible stands on. Well, well, man, what are we propagating, and and and, and mm-hmm. where does the fellowship go from here? Where do our churches go from here? So, so there's an aspect of of how do we get that across? So, you know, God has done something in me. God has done something in you. God's doing something in our young folks. God does something in our old folks. But what God has done in us as leaders, and how do we take that? Because because obviously we have LFBI, we all, we have, you know, discipleship, we have discipleship two, you know, MTT, whatever every individual church has. And we're passing on the information, mm-hmm. but there's more than that. Like there has to be a love for God's word that's passed on. And, 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 and I understand that, you know, what I have in me, I can't necessarily just take it out and give it to somebody else. Right. They, I mean, they have to, they have to, feel it. They have to want it. They have to desire it. But there is something we can do more than just teach. Um, and, and I believe that. And I, I believe that there is a passion, um, a zeal uh, for the truth of God's word um, that can be caught and not only taught. And, and, and that goes into, you know, I mean, that goes into a lot of areas that, you know, that we'll be talking about at the conference. But I just, I just think it's, it, you know, it's where our church has been. I, I look at our church. It's, um, you know, First Baptist Church as of 2023 has been around 165 years. Hmm. And that's amazing. And that's amazing. amazing. And, I, I, and yeah. I obviously can't speak for, you know, the, the long history. But since, you know, the mid 80s, we've had Mark Trotter as the pastor for 20 years. And then Jeff Bartell as the pastor for 12 years. And, and, and now me. And so for that time, you know, it's, it's stood on strong biblical truth. Um, and, and, and I, I have a burden 
um, to, and I've asked my church, you know, multiple times over the past year, if, if the Lord tarries and, you know, and, and I can't see how he will, but if the Lord tarries, will our church still stand on biblical truth in 50 years? Mm-hmm. In 40, in, in 20 years, will it still, when we're gone, will it still stand? And I, and, and I don't mean, will we still be meeting on Sunday? Uh, I don't care if First Baptist Church is still meeting right. on Sunday. What I care is that they're meeting on Sunday and still holding to the truths of God's word. One of the things that I want to, to ask about is why isn't this a given? It's like a church that's been around for, you know, 160 years. Uh, the congregants might say to themselves, well, I mean, if we've, we've stood this long, is there really a danger in losing the next generation? Like, and I guess the question would be, um, what is it that causes churches to fail in this area? And what does, maybe what does failure look like? I mean, how do, how do churches start slipping? I I believe it's very subtle, maybe in the beginning, uh, as Mm -hmm. most kind of deceptions are, you know, they begin Mm -hmm. subtly, but, but maybe walk us through why not handing the torch off um, is such a big deal that we need to be cognizant of it and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it is subtle, um, certainly, and, and and I think I I think in a in American church, at least in particular, it's very easy in in the midst of doing church. In the midst of doing good church and, and ministry and, and teaching and training, I think it's easy to lose sight that, that there really is an enemy out there. And there's, mm-hmm. a, there's an enemy out there fighting against us and an, an enemy that hates us. And so um, this is where I've been through this process with my church is many times I think we, we misunderstand the enemies. No, no, we shouldn't. There's no reason for that. The Bible is very clear. Um, mm-hmm. There are three enemies that, that we face, Ephesians chapter two, and it's the devil, the world, and our flesh. And the devil uses this world to attack our flesh. And um, and, and he uses it subtly. And, and, and the world, John 15, 19, many other places, the world hates us. Mm-hmm. And yet, even as churches and, and good church members, we seem to, at a minimum, have an affinity and in maybe some ways a love for the world that actually hates us mm-hmm. and, and is designed to stop us and is designed to attack us right. and, and move us off the mark. And so, you know, I think when Satan looks at how do I defeat the church in Laodicea, how, particularly, how do I defeat the American church in Laodicea? You know, I, I, I think he's, he's taken the route of, of subtlety. He's taken the route of angel of light. And, and obviously we had some weird times during COVID and all that, but I don't think that changes anything. And, and I think, you know, the attack is just to get us to, to love the world enough. Like mm-hmm. we can, you know, we can understand at least intellectually um, that we, that we shouldn't dabble in you know, the things of the world and all that sort of thing, but to get us to love the world enough to not really, if, if you love the world, if you hold a place in your heart, then you can't, you can't love the word like you should. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, you know, Matthew six twenty four, you, you can't love God and mammon. And so I think that, I think what happens in the church um, is that as we move through Laodicea, that there's just this easy slide to then to lose sight of, of really what the main thing is the main thing. And, and churches end up holding churches or holding church services and having church and being consumed with themselves. And as Alan Shelby would say, over time, they get ingrown eyeballs mm-hmm. and, and all they can see is themselves and they can maybe their local community even, but there's not a bigger vision for what God lays out in his word. And when you miss the bigger vision of what God has, um, man, then you just ultimately turn to selfishness it, very subtly. And, and you do what's best for you. You do what's best for First Baptist Church. You, not, you don't do what's best for the Lord mm-hmm. or what the Lord is calling. And I think that plays out most predominantly in this area that we're talking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're warned, um, you know, Peter warns us, uh, Paul, uh, warns Timothy that as we get closer to the day uh, of Christ's return, that the temptation to be distracted is going to increase greatly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, you mentioned COVID a couple times now, and it, it just seems yeah. to me that, you know, in terms of Satan's plan and, and using the world's system uh, to lull us to sleep, that really that was a pivotal moment, at, at least in, in terms of America and the American church, because so many people uh, turned their attention to entertainment in that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they disappeared uh, into their own little world. And I think in many ways, when they came back uh, to church world and they came back to the pew, that many of them ha- didn't even know it, but they had already compromised in their heart and the priorities that they maybe once held to uh, did not look the same. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just didn't look the same. And I think one of the things that you're talking about in terms of uh, preparing the next generation is that in order to do that, there has to be clear priorities and clear objectives. And we can't really, we can't really backpedal on any of that. that right. Those things can't f- go out into the periphery of, of what we do as a church uh, we have to put them at the forefront uh, uh, of what we're doing. And, um, and I think that that's, that's the only way of surviving as a church and, and being uh, profitable for the kingdom. Right. Yeah. And if the mission gets lost just in the, you know, the, the lukewarmness of Laodicea, you know, which obviously happens and, mm-hmm. and, and it turns into just more of a, you know, again, what feels good for me at the, at this time, like we need, we need, and, and, and I think what's, what's great is we have in, in, in our churches and living faith fellowship and, mm-hmm. but, but we can, we need, we need an army that, that is willing to give their life to this cause. Mm, for sure. And, and throw it all in. I mean, at, at, at all cost to give it to the Lord. And, um, and that takes everybody. That takes everybody because those that are going to be on the front lines. I mean, we, we know all the army illustrations and, you know, military illustrations. So, yeah, there's those that are going to be on the front line leading this effort. But man, there's a whole army behind them. And, and so this training, you know, this is, so again, this isn't just for the, it's called the next generation, the theme of this conference, but it's not just for the next generation because we all have a role. And, um, and we're always, you know, the, you've heard this before. We're always one generation away 
Mm-hmm. We're always one generation away from from losing. That that is true. We see that as a biblical truth that you see in the wilderness. In the mm-hmm. that that generation did not get to go in into the promised land. Right. And yeah. and and God had to you know in that sense God had to start over. And um and so we're you know it's it's just it's it's easy to think man we're, we got this we yeah. know what we're doing and and that's that's I think that's dangerous ground to be on. Yeah, I was talking to a pastor yesterday who reminded me just kind of this of this generational principle that that you know uh, even just in our conversation that one one generation's liberty becomes another generation's license. Right. Right. And and I think uh, there are all kinds of ways in which generation to generation we can kind of uh, slip. And, um, you know, this is the whole idea of dispensations to begin with, is that, mm-hmm. that all it takes is one generation, one stewardship to fail. And then, and then the next one had to, be, had to begin by necessity. And mm-hmm. none of us want to be that dying church uh, that mm-hmm. loses a grip on what God called us to do. None of us want that. And yet sometimes we, um, we forget to do the things that are necessary for ensuring that the next generation moves forward in faith and, and, mm-hmm. and propagates what we believe. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting. So that, you know, that analogy, the Liberty to license, um, that's a, that's a good one. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think what churches do because of that principle is, is historically and, and, and even today, what we try to then pass on, um, are, is, is a legalistic approach to, we try to pass on behavior and we try to pass on, okay, you need to understand this and you need to do this. Um, and we think that that's going to prepare the next generation mm-hmm. and we're not, what we're not passing on, um, is a true love and zeal for mm-hmm. God's word and God's mission. And we're passing on information and we're passing on knowledge and, and that's all good. It's just not enough. You know, what you're talking about, uh, I think it's important for us to determine and to decipher what tradition means scripturally, because I think a lot of, uh, a lot of churches, a lot of independent Baptist churches are holding to traditions that aren't necessarily biblical. So, you know, Paul writes to Thessalonica and he struck, instructs them and he says, uh, therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which he have been taught, whether by word or our epistle, which I think is a, is a critical verse for this conference, right? This is the idea is that we are running with the traditions that have been taught to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but those traditions aren't, aren't cultural. Uh, they're not customs. They're right. not dress codes. They're not, uh, f- you know, philosophies or ideologies of, of um, structure and strategy, they're doctrinal. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're truths that transcend those things. And so maybe you can speak to that a little bit because I think what's important here, and it's really dovetails into the other question I want to ask you, is that I think that the Living Faith Fellowship is unique and it has a unique DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of churches like us, which is why we, I think we felt like we needed a band together. And maybe there are churches out there. If, if you're out there and you, and you, uh, this stuff resonates with you, please reach out because we want to connect with you and, and, and we want to have fellowship. But, but I do think the churches in our fellowships have a unique DNA and uh, what we believe is uh, traditional and what was historically accepted and maybe has fallen out of favor in recent years with a lot of other Baptist churches. But 
But how would you describe our DNA? And why do you believe that our position on the Bible and ministry uh, has grown less fashionable over the years? Why, why do you think that that's happened? And, um, and then maybe speak to that idea of, of traditions. For just from a core doctrinal standpoint, right? We're pre-millennial dispensationalist. Um, so we have conservative theology, but yet, you know, we have maybe contemporary methodology um, in comparison to, you know, what might be considered sort of old school fundamental Baptist church. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so we stand on, so, you know, with that sort of as the core basis, um, we stand on, on, you know, a, 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 a position of biblical authority uh, through the preservation of scriptures, specifically the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. And so that is a core tenet of, of who we are. And, um, you know, we believe that God preserved, not, not only inspired, but preserved his word for us that we hold today. And, and, and we can know the very words of God, every, every one that he wanted us to have uh, have been perfectly preserved for us. And so that, you know, that's obviously different to, to many churches today. And then, and then mm-hmm. obviously we have a, we have a, a biblical philosophy of discipleship that we've talked about it. And when we talk about a biblical philosophy of discipleship, you know, that is from that, that spans the, the gap from evangelism to church planning. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of steps in between there, of course. Um, but a, a, a biblical philosophy to that. And so I think that, you know, I think that traditional approach to scripture in particular, um, you know, has, has fallen out of favor for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but it's, I mean, ultimately, doctrinally, back to Genesis 3, it's because that's, that's where Satan attacks, right? So when mm-hmm. Satan attacks in the church, he's going to attack God's word. And he's done that very successfully. And, and, and this doesn't need to become a, you know, preservation of scripture discussion or manuscript evidence right. uh, discussion. Um, but, but he's done that very successfully. And so the problem with the, the loss of biblical authority is, you know, and, and Alan has said this many times, you know, when you, when you move the goalpost, well, where do you, where do you, where do you put them? You know, mm-hmm. and so once you once you start moving that, um, then you then you get into murky waters, and then you become the authority, and you get to sort of figure out where you, where you land on on all these things. Well, the Bible's very clear on on doctrine. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are difficult to understand the Bible, but and and the Bible's not of private interpretation. And I, and I always I find it funny or find it interesting that you know the one of the many complaints against just preaching in general is well, all preaching is private interpretation. It's actually, it's actually not true. It's, that's a mm-hmm. lack of understanding of, of expository preaching. And, um, but, but yeah, the Bible is not a private interpretation, but it does not mean that there's not a correct interpretation and it does not mean you can't get to it. Right. And so that's, and that's, so that's what we try to do and all these key doctrines. And so when we talk about passing on the doctrinal DNA and I talk about passing on a love and a zeal to, for people that will give their life to the mission, the, the doctrine is the, is the glue. Hi, this is Mark Schaefer with Living Faith Tampa in Tampa, Florida. What a privilege it is to be called a child of God. And yet too many Christians stop there and they miss their whole purpose for their salvation. 
Colossians chapter one says that you and I were alienated and enemies in our mind by wicked works. And yet God reconciled us through his death so that he could present us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. That is an awesome privilege. And yet if that's all the Christian life was about, we would be in heaven right now. Colossians chapter one doesn't end with what God wants to do for you. Colossians chapter one ends with what God wants to do through you. You must, as verse 23 says, continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. You and I were saved to minister. And if you're gonna minister rightly, you need preparation. The Living Faith Bible Institute exists for that purpose, to equip and to prepare able ministers of the gospel. None of us are worthy of salvation, and none of us are worthy to minister either, but this is the calling for every believer. Get prepared for your calling to warn every man and to teach every man that you may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Enroll in classes today. To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org support. Why would I give my life to something that I can't know beyond a shadow of a doubt is 100% true and is 100% God's word right. and it's 100% what God wants me to do? And mm-hmm. so if I have to, if I have to be like, well, man, I, you know, I think it's this or, well, uh, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not giving my life to that. Uh, right. I'm going to go live in the world. I'm going to go mm-hmm. do whatever I want to do. But no, when you can establish, this is why doctrine is so important. And this is why this conference is still a doctrinal conference because mm-hmm. the doctrine that we hold to is the glue and it, it is the fuel to, for that love. So we have it. And so we pass it on. And when we pass that on and, and we can, when somebody else catches it and you see it and that light bulb goes off, that man, this is God's word. And, and we do have biblical authority mm. and we can stand on it and we can rest on it. And if the whole world tells us we're wrong, we're just going to keep fighting. Right. And, yeah. And, and this is a cause. Is there not a cause? There is a cause mm. and there's a cause worth giving our life to. But if we don't have the doctrine down, then we right. can't do it. No, and, and I like that what, what you're saying. If someone uh, does not hold to a preservation perspective, uh, things do become gray. And it's a sliding scale. Right. Of course, it's, it's, it's a spectrum. Yeah, But there course. will be, you know, whether, uh, you know, whether you think it's one or two pages of scripture that are inera- inaccurate, a total of, mm-hmm. or the whole thing uh, has inaccuracies. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever approach to, you know, a, a critical text approach that you have, your view of preservation absolutely affects your purpose as it concerns the mission. And, and your purpose will, uh, you know, your lack of purpose or that goalpost moving will affect the way in which you practice and the programming of your church. It right. will affect those things. And so there's no way around it. Uh, your view uh, of the the Bible and and its accuracy and its authority affects everything else, and mm-hmm. it becomes a very very slippery slope if anyone has to explain anything away. And so this is our tradition. Our tradition is that we believe every word, and that every we are word. that we are we are foolish for it. We are fool, we foolishly mm-hmm. believe that God has the power to create everything and to bind his words together so that they are not uh, affected. Um, and so I think that's a big deal. And that, that is our DNA, really, at, yeah. at, at its core. 
It is. And, and, you know, the, the, the folks that you would describe that have, you know, that don't hold that position purpose is absolutely affected. Now they, they wouldn't admit to that or, or believe that. And, and they would have, uh, they do have a purpose. The problem is it's not a biblical purpose. Mm -hmm. It's a purpose. So that's, that's how you land in, you know, churches that are, are, that are just social gospel factories or, or whatever. But so there's a, you know, it's from, it's from obviously not understanding, not rightly dividing the word of truth. And so, um, you know, you have a wrong kingdom focus and, Mm -hmm. you know, churches will believe that they got to bring in the kingdom and how do they do that? And that they do that through, you know, through social efforts and, and, and they, they get that, from the Bible, they get that from, you know, the Sermon on the Mount and, 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 and like passages mm-hmm. that when rightly divided, right, you know, applied our, our, our millennium context. And anyway, I, you know, I don't want to yeah, get off on that. It's deal. just the, yeah. the purpose, the, the purpose is important. And mm-hmm. without the doctrine, you can't have it. Right. And so for re- reference, asterisk here, visit all the other certainty conferences uh, in times past, like Yes. Go, back, go back and listen to them. They're available in podcast form. You can go, yeah. you can go and find important, those. And, and important. Yeah, and, sure. and absolutely important to uh, the nature of, of what we're talking about now. And so when considering the responsibility of the local church, what, is it, what does it mean to hand down that doctrinal DNA, that, that view of scripture, uh, those views of the doctrines, the dispensations, the, the pre- premillennial view that we hold to, what does it mean uh, to pass that down. Um, and, and how, how does a church know whether they, and I think this is a really big deal. Uh, how does a church know whether they are failing at that or succeeding at that kind of thing? Because there's a lot of churches that are probably teaching what we would agree is sound doctrine, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're training it doesn't right. like there's a difference there. There's a difference. And, and, I, and I think it's really important. And I think that a lot of pastors and leaders are missing this. So can, can you tell us what, what does it look like to pass it down? And how does one know if they're failing or succeeding at, at that work? Yeah, well, I mean, what it looks like to pass it down. Um, you know, these, these can be sort of difficult things to concept because, or, or to describe because, because it's a work of the Holy Spirit, right? And so for, for us to even take the, the doctrine that we have and the passion that we have and, and to, to, you know, instill it into the life of another person, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's difficult to describe the work of a Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But, but I would say, let me say this, um, there's, you know, what, what I've kind of, when I've sort of framed this conference in my mind on, on how, you do it. There's sort of three avenues. There's an avenue of preparation, how you prepare people. So that's the teaching. That's, you know, the passing on of the doctrine, um, you know, just through a knowledge base. There's certain things we have to learn. We have to know. Um, there's a persuasion. Um, there is that that's the call of, of preaching, right? That's a difference in preaching and t- teaching and the persuasion of men calling them to something bigger than themselves. And, mm-hmm. and you can only do that if, if you have that same calling in you. Right. So if, if you're not living a life that is, is that you're giving yourself to something bigger than you, how can you call someone else to it? Mm-hmm. But we need to be doing that. We need to be 
calling young men, young women to give their life to this and yes. persuading. And we persuade through our life. We persuade mm-hmm. not only through teaching. So we persuade through living. We persuade through living with them, sharing life with them. So training isn't just teaching. Teaching mm-hmm. is a part of training. You know, it, you know, a, a good coach comes alongside. A good, a good yeah. coach has to has to has to put their arm around. You know, you have to you have to be hard and you have to be disciplinary at times. But man, you got to be loving, and, and they got to see it in you and see that you've given your life to this, and see that you'll give your life for them, that you care about them, mm-hmm. and um, and so there's there's interaction. You know, persuasion involves a lot of different things, um, as far as just the the fellowship through the Son and the work of the Holy Spirit in. In this, in what he's done in my life, and then sharing that with someone else, it's what we talk about in discipleship all the time, right? Those discipleship lessons are just a tool. The real work is the sharing of life, mm. and so this is just the continuation of that at, at a, you know at a higher level. Um, and then, and then there is a, there's an aspect of proving. We have to be able to prove, you know, that the that the the people are are learning and catching it, and we certainly do that. Through you know LFBI and you know when when you say you know how can, how do you know you know how is if you're being successful um, or not uh, well obviously there are you know there are certain ways there's quantitative ways to measure. there's metrics that right. okay, how many you know LFBI for example you guys you know the exponential growth in mm-hmm. in LFBI enrollment well that that says something that doesn't say everything. Right. That, that right. tells a, a story. It tells a particular story. But what you're looking for then in, in a proving aspect is you're looking for fruit in a person's mm-hmm. life. And so and you only know that you only know that if you're sharing life with them, because it's, when, when I talk about fruit, I'm, only, I'm not only talking about the people they've won to Christ or the people they've discipled. That's certainly part of fruit. But but as a pastor, I'm looking for the fruit of the spirit. I'm looking for that kind of fruit in the life of a person. And so I want to know, man, do they have those qualities? Is the spirit leading them? Because when you, how does God work? God always works the same way. He works mm-hmm. the spirit of God working through the word of God in the life of a, a, a person of God and through a church, the people of God. And so, man, we establish that doctrine and we, we that core doctrine and we call them to something bigger and then we watch them. And we watch mm. their life and we get involved and, and we bring them along with us and we're looking for fruit. We're looking for the fruit of the spirit. We're looking for spiritual fruit in their life. And all I can say is if you're walking in the spirit, uh, you know, as a leader, as a, as a, as a pastor, as a, you know, as a discipler, um, you know, it, it, it's just, walking in the spirit is just the answer to, to so many things, because then if you're walking in the spirit, you're just going to know the Holy Spirit of mm-hmm. God will bear witness to your spirit. The man, this, 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 this guy's got it. This guy's catching it. We need, you know, mm-hmm. um, and man, and then you, you just, you, you give your life. This is where, this is where our generation, you know, the older generation or whatever is, is important because you give your life to those people. Right. And, 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 and um, just like you give your life to your kids and, and, and it starts, I mean, We'll talk about that. It starts in the home. Mm-hmm. Parents are so important. Grandparents are so important. 
you know, this world is, is, is attacking us and they're attacking our kids and the installation of biblical worldview is so important. That, it's never been more important. So it starts there and it, and it goes to the church and God uses those institutions that he's ordained, the family and the church, mm-hmm. um, to really, to bring, bring this process about. Yeah. So, you know, when you're talking, uh, I couldn't help but think that a lot of, of, you know, uh, what you're talking about is that there's a, me- there's a methodology, obviously, that our churches will use to, to uh, ensure uh, that these things are happening, right? There are things to do. There are things mm-hmm. to teach. There are, there are measurements. Uh, and, and I think what I really liked about what you're saying is that it aligns so clearly with, uh, with Proverbs and, and what Solomon was teaching uh, to his son and the idea that, that you can measure knowledge, and you can measure understanding and you can measure wisdom, but only in relationship and, and, and by observing fruitfulness in that person's life. Right. And so how do you measure uh, preparedness? Well, do they have the knowledge set? Um, you know, how, do you, how do you measure uh, the, the, the persuasion? Well, they gain understanding. You can observe mm-hmm. understanding in their life. And, and how do you prove things out? Well, you watch as they, they grow in wisdom and they have the ability to uh, apply at the mastery level the things that they're learning. They begin to lead. And these are only things that can happen, again, back to the local church thing. You can only truly observe those things within the context of a healthy local church that's doing the yeah. things that they're supposed to do. Yeah, and absolutely. And so um, I really, I love what you're saying, and, and it's, it's preaching. And so I hope people are, are catching the value of coming together to talk about these things, because if we don't, we die. Mm-hmm. Like if we're, if yeah. we're not talking about these things, we, for all intents and purposes as churches, we, we will die. We, yeah. we will die a slow death maybe. Uh, but uh, we, we have to learn to, to see these things for, the, for what they are. Yeah. And the scary thing is, 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 is in 30 years, it, it might not look like death to that church, but it was absolutely death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that, makes, a, sense. If that makes sense. Sometimes, um, you know, to be comatose is, uh, is, is worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would that that were cold or hot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about the, the conference speakers and who you've invited to come speak and, and what are you hoping that people will get as they join us either in person or online? Mm-hmm. Uh, the online viewing yep. option, the streaming option is very cool for people who can't make it out. But what are you hoping that people will get from the guest speakers this year? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I certainly hope that they'll be encouraged and edified and challenged to give their life to something more than themselves mm-hmm. and that they'll be a part of it, you know, it maybe, you know, I, I turned, uh, uh, it's embarrassing to even, it's not embarrassing. I hate to even admit it. I turned 50, you know, last year. And so, yeah. you know, I think this is part of the reason why this is, um, you know, more pressing. And <laughs> this is your, are you saying this is your midlife crisis? Uh, conference? <laughs> yes, it kind of is. I think, I think I'm like, Oh my goodness. Um, wow. I don't have that much time left in the grand, the grand scheme of things, you know, and, and I want to make sure that, uh, I go out, you know, I go out swinging, go out strong, mm-hmm. doing what yeah. we're supposed to be doing. But um, so, so I want even us and, and, and older folks to, to see their role in, in the continuation. Cause it's not only, it's just, it's not about 
the next pastor or the next missionary. It's about God's mission. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's doing that work, who's doing a particular role. What is every person, we, every, every member of our churches, we all have a role in what God's doing in the next generation. We all have a responsibility. And so I want everybody to see it. I want everybody to see their own individual responsibility. For some of them, it's, it's going, it's leading. Mm-hmm. But, 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 you know, but everybody has a role. So I want them to see that. And I want to be encouraged and challenged to that. Um, we have a, an all-star lineup, Brandon. So we have two evening speakers. So we're doing that even a little bit different this year. Uh, usually in the evening, we will have one speaker. Mm-hmm. And so we have two this year. So we have Code Blaze, uh, pastor of downtown Baptist Temple in o- Ocala, Florida. Um, and we have Lee Ridings, pastor of Greater Hope Baptist Church in Dallas, Georgia. So they'll be our evening speakers. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited about them um, and, and the, the challenge that they'll give and the persuasion that they'll, you know, display. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then our morning speakers, we have Kenny Morgan. Uh, from Midtown Baptist Temple, and we have Brandon Briscoe from Midtown Baptist Temple, who will be carrying the water in the morning. And 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 the key aspect of sort of you know that that training, leadership, mm-hmm. you know, biblical leadership training. Um, and so I'm I'm really excited about that. I, you know, I, I if for those of you that were at discipleship conference or listened to discipleship conference. Um, Brandon and Kenny's morning sessions were huge to me. I mean, they were, I, I learned a lot. Um, I was challenged. I was encouraged. I was convicted. And, um, and that was, God used that to really begin to shape where we're, where we're headed here. So I, I've asked those guys to come do some of, some of the same things. Not, not, yeah. not obviously not the same teaching, but, but a similar, right. in a similar vein. Well, you know, to speak for Kenny and I, we're, we're really excited about it. I mean, I always love working with Kenny. And um, mm. I think the, the, when we work together, we tend to see things in a very similar way. Um, he packs a punch different than I do. Um, sure. Uh, but, but we have a lot of fun working together. He, and hugs, I think he hugs differently than you also. He, uh, yeah, if anybody's ever had a hug from Kenny Morgan, <laughs> it's a painful experience. It so is. if you, yeah, yeah, if you can avoid it, if, if you can just give the fist bump. <laughs> That's, that's probably what you want. Um, but you yeah. will remember it. You that's will remember sure. a hug from Kenny Morgan. I'm a little more tender. So, <laughs> that may, so, so maybe it, that's it. That's it, the parallel. You know, the way that we hug is the way that we preach. And so, um, but we're, <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, with that. And he and I are working on that even now. And, and obviously, uh, Code and Lee also, uh, two wonderful, young, um, excited pastors who love the work of the Lord, who are zealous for godly things, kingdom things, and, uh, and who have stuck with the book, which, you know, is, is mm-hmm. an awesome part of, of the narrative of, of kind of what you've constructed is that, is that th- these are, um, are young guys that have, have really uh, are doing what, what you're suggesting needs to be done. They, they function as a, as a model yeah, absolutely. And that's no coincidence. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, even, even though I'm 50 and, you know, I, I'm going to tell on Kenny, he's 50 also. Um, in many ways, uh, you know, we're all, wherever you're at, you're part of a previous generation or the next generation, depending mm-hmm. on the perspective that you're coming from. And so, you know, the, the living faith fellowship, you know, the key guys are, you know, Mark Trotter and Alan Shelby and Sam Miles and Greg Axe and, you know, those and, and Jeff Bartel and, you know, and, and those guys. And 
you know, we are most of us, the four of us certainly are the next generation from those guys. Mm-hmm. They all trained us and, and they all, you know, invested in us and gave their lives to us. Right. And, um, and so, you know, per- particularly with you and, and Lee and code, you know, young guys, um, uh, and that's super exciting for me to see. And it's super exciting and, and challenging. And so, so I just say that to say that was intentional. I mean, that, you know, that's part mm-hmm. of the overall, um, the next generation of the leaders of, of the Living Faith Fellowship will be leading the next generation conference of the Living Faith Fellowship. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a privilege, uh, to be, con- you know, just a part of that. And, and I think what is critical is that, um, is that, you know, I'm not that young actually. And, and, Oh, to me, the, it's all perspective, Brandon. It's all it perspective. is perspective, but I have. There's young people that I'm investing in, and there are yeah. young people that they're investing in, and this this um, this chain uh, does not need to be broken. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be, uh, and it depends on what each link does uh, with right. what they've been given. And so I, I pray that the, the conference kind of symbolizes that and represents uh, what's being handed down and, and the value of it. Uh, and we, we're thankful for you for being willing to put it on and, and to have what, what really every year are like the hardest conversations to have about who we are and what we do. Um, mm-hmm. The Certainty Conference uh, is a platform where we can, we can really dig down deep and, and talk about the, the, you know, the tough stuff. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're grateful that, that New Philly, um, that you guys um, represent every year and, and give us the opportunity to, to do this. And so uh, just for the sake of making sure that there's clarity in the plug, um, will, will you take a moment just to talk about the dates and the times and, and what people can expect and, and um, you know, how they need to be preparing and, and saving the date even now? Yeah. So the dates are October 1st through the 4th. That's a Sunday through a Wednesday. And so we'll have evening sessions Sunday night through Wednesday night. Those will all begin at 630. Uh, we will serve dinner uh, Monday through Wednesday. We'll serve dinner at uh, 5.30 in our gym, uh, right before uh, the service begins. And then we'll have fellowship. We have, you know, we have a, a decent facility and, and, and some nice um, space options. And so we'll have fellowship afterwards. We'll hang out in the barn and, and be able to um, have some coffee and, 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 you know, talk about what, what we just heard and that sort of thing. So that'll be the Sunday through Wednesday night. And then the morning sessions are Monday through Wednesday, um, nine to noon you know, thereabouts. So we'll start, mm-hmm. you know, there about nine, we'll end at about noon, have a break in the middle. And so, you know, um, and, and so Brandon and Kenny will be kind of dividing that up the best, the best they see fit. And then, and then we will have some, you know, things planned, both formal and informal, um, in the afternoons, um, we'll have a pastor's luncheon, um, and, and we'll have some things for, um, some of our youth, our next generation, we'll, we'll have some things planned. And, and, um, so there'll be some, you know, some things to visit. It's, it's a, it is a beautiful time of year to come to, to Northeast Ohio. It really is. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, so there's, you know, there's, it's, it's not a, it's not an urban center, but, uh, it, there's some, there's some, there's some things to see and, 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 and it's cool. Um, and so, you know, there's, we have, you can find all the information on lffellowship.com mm-hmm. with respect to schedule, um, with respect to hotels. We do have, we have, I mean, listen, new Philadelphia is on the upswing. We have a brand new Marriott nice. that just opened. 
um, in June. And so we've cut a deal with them for, for, you know, uh, special savings for, the, for that week. And so you can get all that information, um, mm-hmm. on, on, on the website, or you could call our church. Um, you can find us at, at firstbaptist.church. Um, that information is there as well. And you guys do a wonderful job hosting. I always have a great time. The fellowship is wonderful. Uh, getting to talk in depth with people uh, just about life, about ministry uh, is always uh, just great. And there is a lot to, there is a lot to do. I mean, it seems like it's out yeah, there really nowhere, is. nowhere, but, but people would have a great time in the afternoons fellowshipping and, and, and going and, and, and hanging out. You guys have a, a, a disc golf course there on your, your grounds and, and right, so right. people who are into that kind of outdoor stuff. We stuff do. To do. We are. Um, and I think they'll be done. Um, we're, we're putting in pickleball courts oh, yes. on, our, on our property. So if we're so, talking about the older generation. <laughs> so this is an appeal to the older generation. Come play pickleball, pickleball. and uh, learn about how to hand down, you know, the traditions you've been yeah, taught. They're not done yet, but by certainty conference, we should have two pickleball courts. That's fun. On, on our property. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> That's We're a great a church, of, that, church for all peoples, Brandon. That's right, man. That's right. Well, we, we are super grateful for you guys. And uh, again, I'll be there. I'm hoping to bring a bunch of young people with me. A lot cool. of our pastors from our church will be there. A lot of the pastors uh, and professors from LFBI obviously will be represented there as well. And uh, we're just going to enjoy each other and we're going to learn some stuff about God's word and, and what it looks like to, to teach it and to, to train it and into other people. And so... Um, Man, Troy, you're the man. I enjoy your company all the time. Anytime I get to hang Likewise. out with you is always good for me. And um, I'm glad that you that you joined us for the show today. No, thanks for inviting me. It's always it's always fun, and and uh, I, I feel the same about you. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to to this year's conference. We'll we'll have we'll have a good time together. Yeah, me too. And so we want to say thank you for joining us, uh, you the listener, to this episode of the Postscript. Uh, hopefully you were inspired at some level to uh, take the training of the next generation seriously, wherever you fit within the narrative uh, of, of your church and, and wherever you fit within the work that's there, uh, you need to find your place and what it looks like to invest down. Uh, and so hopefully today's episode, you know, uh, challenged you in that way, provoked you in that way. But we also want to invite you to come to the Certainty Conference. Join us this October and, and hang out and get to know people that you, that you haven't previously met and uh, come get the teaching and training uh, in order to be better prepared for the work in your local church. Uh, last but not least, uh, we are getting very close to the fall semester of LFBI. And I've been watching as the new applicants are trickling in week by week. It's really cool to see uh, new people from all over, from from California and Michigan and Kenya and Vietnam and places all over the world, people, names I've never seen before uh, that are coming to join us in LFBI semester over semester. And, And we are very excited about the offerings that we have this fall. If you're interested in being with us, uh, this semester, uh, fall of 2023, please visit lfbi.org. Uh, reach out to us if you have any questions, but we're, we're grateful for the opportunity to, to teach and train in supplement to the training that you're getting in your local churches. We just want to come alongside the work of your local church and, and help you uh, with, with some of that training. But, but uh, we're grateful for our students, and, and we ask that you would consider joining us this fall. All of that said, we love you. Uh, Hang out with us again next week for another episode of The Postscript. Until then, God bless you, and we will see you then. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. 
If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.